This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Obviously, over the last year, I've kind of learned, uh, I've learned about um cancel culture and and uh, and uh, by by being the subject of it mm-hmm. um and um i'm kind of i've been kind of wondering whether my, whether i ever behaved like that to ideological enemies myself you know um and i think that it could be <clears throat> an interesting conversation mm-hmm. um because uh, you know it's it's like i think yeah, posey Posey Parker did a did a thing recently. I mean, I could never agree with the subject of who she was talking about. She was talking about Carl Benjamin, and she said that she said something like, "You know, you've got to ask yourself: Are, are some of the ways that you've been misinterpreted um, similar to the ways others others have been misinterpreted, or not even misinterpreted? That's not even that's too light. You know, uh, I would say, you know, the way." uh things are taken out of context screenshots are used all these all these things are gathered together to paint up a kind of um fbi profile of who you are you know um and i don't know who said it i think it was richelieu the french revolution who had had that quote but he said something like give me three letters and i can destroy any man yeah you know that one yeah, and I just five think, tweets. Five tweets. Yes, exactly. You know, you don't even. Yeah, five tweets. Five tweets should do it. Hello, and welcome to the Voice of Reason podcast. Today's guest is Graham Lenehan, who is a very prolific author of comedy TV series out in the UK, among them The IT Crowd. We spoke about a year ago about his activism with regards to trans rights and women's rights and where they overlap and conflict. And then what happened about three or four weeks ago was that he was the target of the wildly successful hashtag ban Glinner hashtag. And I don't know if that is specific what sparked this, but he wanted to reach out and have a conversation about the way that he is being treated and how he has treated other people and kind of speak about how he is reconsidering his role in internet activism. So that's that. Here's Graham. Graham Linehan. 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 I can't let that stand. Linehan. What clan is it from? What does it mean? What's I don't the, know. Uh, I want my dad said something about Linehan meaning something brown leather jackets, which had something to do with the Irish resistance, I believe. Okay. But I don't know. I, I doubt that's. I doubt that's true. It probably, Have you always been a resistor? Uh, no, not in Ireland. I wasn't uh, all that. The IRA was were as kind of exotic to us as they were to people in the UK when when you're in Dublin. You know, they were all, all I remember my mother was saying, my mother saying when we ever went out was, don't talk about Northern Ireland, because she felt like the, the IRA had their ears everywhere. And um, we were a nice middle class family who didn't agree with the, um, who didn't agree with the, you know, targeting of, 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 of people. It was, it, mm. it was, it was at the heart of the troubles. So, so luckily that's still turning out to be fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> is it all shaken out? I, I, I'm well, not on top of it. Who knows what Brexit will do? Because you got okay. like, who knows? I mean, that's what that's one of the things that's most offensive about Brexit is the is the lack of concern the British have for for people in Northern Ireland. I I don't think they know what's going to happen up there, and I don't think they care. <laughs> so it's um yeah it's interesting times for all sorts of reasons. We live in interesting times, don't we, Benjamin? Yeah, These we do. In... We've been blessed or cursed with that. Yeah, yeah. The Chinese thing. The latest thing is the uh, is the is the Chinese dropping dead on street corners. That's um that's interesting. <laughs> the coronavirus. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and what and you know everything's. I mean, this is interesting. This uh, the the gender debate. I. I, I I sometimes meet there's sometimes people who who speak to me um, privately about all this stuff who mm. can't say anything out loud so to speak um, uh, public figures and uh, and I always ask them the same thing I always say have you ever seen anything remotely like this and and none of them have it's the most extraordinary um, it's the most extraordinary thing I, the way I describe it, it, it to people now is um, I call it the first post-internet um, uh, mass delusion. I, I, I guess there's an argument for Quanon being the second one because because this came first. This has been raging for for a number of years, but but this is this is definitely the first one. You know, how did you get uh, into this into the fray? Well, I think it might have been. I hope we don't go over ground we already covered in um, a previous one. But but I th it was probably because I wrote an episode of the IT Crowd in this kind of blithe way, not uh, that featured a transgender character. And you know, it just it, the quality of the the quality of the pushback was very different. Um, and as time went on, I realised, oh, this is a bit of a this is a bit of a a touchy area. <laughs> <laughs> are you the kind of person who can't resist whenever yeah well a... well i i needed to know i needed to know what i thought of everything because i knew there was some controversy and i didn't really know what shape it took um but i do remember being scared to follow julie bindle on twitter julie bindle mm -hmm. is a left-wing uh journalist over here lesbian um writes uh really well about it in a very scabrous way she's got a sense of humor She's like a, 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 a tough northern dyke. I hope she wouldn't mind, mind me saying that. Um, and, um, and she had been cancelled, you know, comprehensively for, for about 10 to 12 years before I even started noticing what was going on. So when someone, so when someone is infamous for that long, you, you feel, oh, there must be something to it, you know? Okay. okay. Uh, and and it, was through, it was through looking at what she was saying, listening to her, listening to her... The people she was, uh, I didn't get to it through her, but but I, I certainly got it through the many, many women who have been shut down, who are like her. Um, and um, yeah, finally, I think the moment where, where I realized I'm all the way in now was when I followed her on Twitter, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, you find out that the thing she got in trouble for was, was, a, was a kind of like, you know, again, a joke that didn't that perhaps didn't land, <laughs> you know, as well as it could have. And, uh, and, and, you know, I realized, Oh, okay. So that's bullshit too. So, so, so I started saying, I started thinking, where's the bullshit? Where's, where's bullshit happening? And it was everywhere, you know, like, like academics, like Kathleen Stock, who, who say nothing but the most sensitive, compassionate things 
out out of a concern for her fellow lesbians, her, out of a concern for young lesbians who we both know are being coerced in various different ways at the moment um, into uh, mm. into accepting gender over sex. Uh, uh, so so there were all sorts of these things going on. Uh, Magdalene Burns, of course, when I saw Magdalene Burns's video of um, <laughs> of uh, Alex uh, Drummond, who's got a full beard. Um, and wears wears a dress and, and and make a bit of makeup, and goes uh, and talks in the video about expanding the bandwidth of what it means to be a woman. And I remember Magdalene saying, "Why can't you expand the bandwidth of what it means to be a man? You know, okay. why why do we? Have you never seen this video? It's well, it's very much worth watching." Um, and she just pointed out this, the ludicrousness of it, and it was one of those emperor's new clothes moments. It was like putting on the glasses in they live, you know, that translate the advertisements or, or seeing the data as as Neo in, in the Matrix. It's like, oh, wait a second. They're saying he's, they're, they're really saying that? They're saying he's a woman? They're really, really saying that? So that, so that kind of blew my mind. And once your mind has been blown like that, you can't really go back. You Do know? you remember when that was? Was that two, three years ago? Or... Yeah, about that. About, okay. about that. Like, like I was recovering from my um, from my um, operation. I had a cancer operation, um, and I was recovering from that. And I think that was the moment where I really decided to jump with both feet into the debate, because okay. I was on morphine, and I thought, <laughs> "Why was so worried about this?" <laughs> I thought, "Best help to make was... a decision." Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Why am I so worried?" And within minutes, I'd had a stream of really aggressive uh, direct messages from Parker Malloy of Media Matters. Do you know, do you know this person? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So a stream, a stream of these, you know, very, very um, argumentative uh, um, uh, DMs. And I, I was literally, I, I, first I just said, oh, yeah, no, it's definitely something we should talk about. But I'm, I'm kind of on an operating table or I'm on a trolley after my operation. So don't really want to get into it now with you, you know. And, you know, just I finally I just had to say, look, fuck off and leave me alone. I'm literally recovering from an operation. And uh, I heard from someone then privately that Parker Malloy went around her physical place of work which is Media Matters uh, and whatever, wherever Media Matters, whatever building Media Matters is in, and, and said, are you following Glimmer? And showed, showed the person the DMs and said, you know, you've you got to stop following them. And went around from person to person asking them to stop following me. Okay, you know? so it was like a very localized cancellation then. Yes, exactly. But I found it almost impressive because, wow, the balls to go around and actually say that to people in real life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's already you know, cheeky enough to do it online, but to do it in real life, I mean, you know, pretty impressive in a way. So was this topic the first time that you entered into a debate of this magnitude? Or like, a, like kind now, of take an activist stand and... No, the previous time was, was, was I got into trouble was also because of, and I didn't really get into trouble because it was, it was a much easier, um, it was a much easier fight to be in for a liberal. And it was the fight, uh, fight against Gamergate. Okay. Which, uh, which I, which I just saw uh, as a harassment campaign against against women, and I think whether whether I know there's lots of individuals who don't think it was that, but I genuinely think that that's it. That's what it became. That's what it was. Get that was that's what it ended up being 
the best at, if that makes sense. Um, and I was very protective of, of, of people like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Anita Sarkeesian, who was a, who was a, who was a, who was a um, critic of games who came from a feminist viewpoint. And I, I was, I was uh, protective of all sorts of female critics and creatives and writers who had been, who had been either, uh, you know, they, they'd had things done to them like they were doxxed, uh, the, you know, like Felicia, um, what's her name? Felicia, uh, red-haired, nerdy, nerdy girl. She's really lovely. Um, oh, Felicia Day. Felicia Day, yes. Felicia, yeah. Felicia Day. She was doxed by them, and uh, you know, and 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 that's when um, uh, swatting took off as a bit of a as a bit of a thing, um, and and yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I'm, I'm beginning to wonder now whether during that time whether my um knee-jerk reaction to every aspect of gamergate was was helpful or or right or or was a way or whether i just did to others what people are now doing to me yeah. which is a refusal to engage that's a big thing i mean i blocked a lot of people during that time and well here's the perfect example of where the where the problem arises okay there's a there's a there was a thing in Ireland called Repeal Shield, right? It was a it was a thing that you could you could join up to. Um, I, I I think it was like a block tool, uh, and I think there was one for Facebook and one for Twitter. I could be wrong. I might need to I might need to do a bit of research on that. Um, but anyway, it was called Repeal Shield, and it was designed to protect people who were. Uh, in favour of repealing the Eighth Amendment, which was the amendment that prevented abortion in Ireland, um, from being trolled by American MAGA types and oh, okay. and by Irish MAGA types. You know, there was one. I remember there was one guy who handed out Nazi Party flags to these girls who were marching for, but it was a it was a specific design, so they didn't know, so they were waving them, and it was. It, it was presented as ah these idiots you know and, and all that sort of stuff so i was very uh again protective of all those all those people and and repeal shield although uh, that struck me as a great idea you know because i didn't want the people who were campaigning for for what i see as a better ireland being bullied and 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 having horrible memes sent to them and all that sort of stuff so i was i was all all for it but i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure they put feminists on repeal shield as well i'm pretty sure they put turfs on repeal shield you know and i think that i got rid of um you know yeah some trolls some some 4chan type people some irish right wingers who are who are pretty grim um and a few other people but i definitely i think they also got rid of a lot of women who believe that uh, biology is real you yeah. know <laughs> it, there's that weird folding in of different marginalized groups. And one thing, one theme that I'm hearing you talk about is the desire to protect a class is, is similar between how people are going against you because they're trying to, they're seeing you as a threat to a class or they're seeing you as, uh, you know, harassing a group. And it seems like what you're saying is that in, in the previous manifestation of internet war, um, you were involved with the Gamergate and you were acting from a position of wanting to protect um, uh, a vulnerable class. And there's yeah. also this secondary thing where whoever can control the narrative of who is the victim 
they get to monitor discourse or get um, use that cancel culture um, to enforce uh, protection of somebody who might not actually be a victim, but only needs to assume victimhood in order to get their will through. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that the, the I, I've seen, because I was speaking about American Dirt recently, um, this controversial... And that's a film? No, it's a book. It's a book about uh, it's a book about a a Mexican woman whose husband is killed, and she goes on the run across the border with her son. And it's written like an action novel. The first chat, the first paragraph, I read it, and I just thought, I immediately thought, oh, I know why this is in trouble because it's really exciting. <laughs> you know, it's like you're right into the action. Okay. It's uh, it's thrilling, but it was written by a white woman. You know, and uh, and also the the she did some Instagram picture of her fingernails in the same uh, barbed wire colors as the as the cover of the book, something like that. You know, um, and you know all that stuff is well, it, you know it it's it's yeah. I noticed I noticed when people were sending me tweets about it, they were using the Latin X thing, you know. Latin X. How are you supposed to pronounce that? Do you know? Uh, you, you're not supposed to pronounce it. Because <laughs> right. that would be appropriation, I guess. I that's perfect. Know. That's perfect. If that's true, that's perfect. Latin. So Latin people who, you know, reject that, uh, reject that word. They don't use it themselves. It's purely white people imposing this stuff on them. And, it, and it's the white people who are imposing it on them who are also telling uh, this woman who presumably, because you, you don't write a no novel like that without doing your research, without thinking carefully about your uh, responsibilities, you know, without thinking carefully about representation, all these things. You don't write a book like that without, you know, you don't enter in, into it lightly, you know. But of course, the this one of the tweets I got about it was someone saying, written by someone who doesn't know anything about, the, uh, about uh, you know, about it, you know. It's like, well, I'm sure that person spent a couple of years researching it, you know, uh, which may not have, um, she may not have a, a biological that specific, or lived experience. Yeah, of, she might not yeah. have never, you know, run across the border with, with people with dogs chasing her, but, 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 but she's a mother, you know, and she can, she can, with a little bit of imagine, imaginative uh, empathy, she can project herself into another mother's shoes, you know. She is a woman, and also, even if she wasn't a woman, well, you know, that's what writers do. They make an imaginative leap. And your your enjoyment of the book or is usually attached to um, uh, how 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 much that leap uh, resonates with you uh, and compels you and draws you in. Um, if it's not a successful book, it won't do that. You know, I, I have a feeling there's far more offensive books, but they'll never be they'll never be bestsellers because they're not very good. But, yeah. but when it's a bestseller, it it suddenly ignites a few different things, you know, jealousy from other writers, um, uh, which is which is a real big thing amongst writers. Writers are very jealous of each other, um, and uh, and you know, and you know, this this new um, school marmish woke scold finger wagging thing of 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 you know, this is a this is a problem, guys. We're going to have to talk about this problem. And you the know, worst thing about it. What's the worst thing? Well, you might ask me a third question at some point. <laughs> Sorry, I should, I should let you do it. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say that I wrote something about this the other day. But but you, you know, you you 
someone, someone, uh, a guy who I once saw do a brilliant um, thing about uh, creativity. Um, he was a manager of a computer games company, and he said, he said, we're in the we're in the business of giving things to people that they don't know they want yet. And I, I, I love that definition of art. I love that definition of storytelling. You you don't write things by committee. You don't write things mm. by passing them through a, a series of, of, you know, 20-somethings who tell you whether you're allowed to write about it or not. You write things because you you um, are, are, because they're pushing their way out of you and they, they, uh, they can't, they almost can't be stopped, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Harry Potter, another turf, <laughs> JK, yeah. uh, good old JK. I'm so happy good about old that. JK, yeah. <laughs> but, but she, um, you know, she had that idea for a wizard school. Um, and it's not as if no one else had the idea for a wizard school before. It's, it's, it's you know, there's probably been several books about wizard schools. It's just that her one, you know, she, she was apparently on a train that stopped. Uh, it stopped for a few minutes and by the time the train started moving again she had it she had everything you know Mm -hmm. that's what art is like it's a wonderful thing that just sometimes um uh picks you up like a rag doll you know and and does does whatever it wants to with you you know so this idea that you can say to an artist no you gotta you gotta you gotta avoid that area you know it's not right for you to talk about that stuff It's, it's absolutely insane it's it's the usual anti-intellectual nonsense from these jokers who suddenly have the the microphone one thing that i noticed about this um this you know the woke scold the uh the thought police is that with regards to cultural appropriation or you're not allowed to write about that it's like it's enforcing the breakdown of human empathy it's selecting people and then it's training people to to separate uh, our, from our humanity, to separate from the ability to actually resonate with somebody that we don't understand or we're yes. not the same with. And I think that might be replicated on the level of what we were originally talking about, about I, I'm, I'm going into this, let's say, the trans debate or the Gamergate debate, and one side is really appealing to me. Like, one side yes. is really activating me, and that allows me to shut down listening to what the other side is trying to say. Uh, it yes. really breaks down empathy between me because we're we're in a battle now. Yes, and I think that might be what I did during Gamergate. I think I might have I might have uh, uh, let my tribalism blind me to uh, to something that kept happening, which was there were waves and waves of people coming in, and these waves and waves of people were kept saying, "No, that's not it. That's not what it's about. It's about something else and stuff." And I would just go, "No, that, it's about it's about." abuse you know it's about this and i was just so uh, annoyed for for and 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 stories that you would hear uh you know that woman whose dog was killed once when a SWAT team turned up you know stuff like that that just made me my blood boil you know so Mm -hmm. so but but um so that was that i was on the side at that point i was on the side of people who don't tend to engage and you don't tend to um uh um uh, like debate, but now I'm on the other side. Uh, You're on you know, the side I'm, of the people who like debate. I, I'm on the side of the people who want to talk about it. Yeah, you know, but it's it's different. This I don't know if it's. I think it's different because, I mean, it's just the. 
we keep we keep wanting to talk about it, but no one wants to talk about it because the positions are so ridiculous that they are indefensible. You know, um, there seems to be sometimes I think there's an unspoken thing amongst people who support it that it's simply just not kind to talk about it. You just it's just unkind. So you can radical talk. trans rights activism. Yes. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yes, yes. Uh, I think the people who aren't radical trans rights activists, the people who are maybe um, uh, on one side of this and feel that feel that feminists are, are blowing or making a mountain out of a molehill or whatever, you know, I think that they're not necessarily uh, party to the same information that we are. You know, they don't. And, and but the funny weird thing is when they're presented with the information, they never they never engage with it. You know, it's the, the oddest thing. I think it's partly down to this horrible frozen feeling of, oh, I don't want to be one of those people, who, you know, because I know how I've looked at them for the last few years. I don't want to be one of those people, one of those unkind people. Um, so they don't look at any, uh, they don't look at any evidence, they don't look at anything to do with it. And then on the, and then there's also the mm-hmm. side of, yeah. of people who, who think that the, like they have a kind of a fight or flight response when they see uh, certain things. And as a result, those certain things are taboo. Like, for instance, it's taboo to share photographs of men on women's football teams towering over them. John Ronson gave me a finger wagging for doing that, you know. He was he was more disturbed by me sharing the photo than he was by wow. what looked like a 46-year-old guy with some, with some college girls, you know. And, and, and it's not as if it's the only example. You've got Hannah Mancy in Australia. Uh, you've got uh, Rachel McKinnon or whatever he's calling himself now. Sorry, I don't respect... I don't respect cheats and misogynists' pronouns. I hope that's okay. <laughs> you have all these all these examples, um, and you present them, and either the other end of the line goes dead, or or they come up with some terrible excuse, or you get the what aboutery or whatever it is. But it's like, it's like, and and here's the big yeah. thing. Here's the yeah. thing that really annoys me. They always say, they always say you're saying all trans people are like that, you know, and it's like. No, we're the ones trying to draw a distinction. Do you know what I mean? We're trying to say, like, like some of these, some of these fucking guys. I, I think they're as trans as I am. You know, I think they're, I think they're just like. Who's a good example of someone like that? Yeah, Yanov. Yanov's not trans. Yanov is, Yanov is, is just a guy who's seen an opening. And 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 the thing about these um, these people is they're very Trump-like. I think. I think they they mm. they. You'll notice a few things are quite similar with Trump. Uh, like always counterattack. You never, you never say sorry. You never back down. You always counterattack. Everything is met with aggressive resistance. Everything is met met with uh, um, revenge. Revenge is huge. You know, it's not a question of of what's the right argument or who's the right. You know, uh, uh, what's the best thing moving forward to help trans people and women. Um, sorry, even I'm putting them in that order. Women and trans people. <laughs> um, you know, there's none of this um, discussion going on. Uh, what's going on is this absolutely terrifying um, uh, explosive aggression uh, that that greets anyone who speaks about this. Do you, you think know? that that can be sustainable? Don't you think it's going to do you think that it will reach a place where the polite people can't ignore it anymore? And Well, I, I hope I hope so. I mean, I think I think you've been doing great great stuff if you don't mind me saying with uh, your interviews with detransitioners i think detransitioners are going to are, are definitely part of it i think sport has helped 
Um, J.K. Rowling bringing attention to Maya's story has helped. Mm -hmm. All these things are definitely helping and they're definitely turning things around. Um, in, in the UK, unfortunately, we have uh, Stonewall, which is the big LGBT rights organization over here, and they've just backed themselves into a corner by 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 refusing to talk about it, by, by refusing to admit that there's any tensions, um, by you know, throwing lesbians to the wolves, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, by say, and, and, and transsexuals as well, you know, m many of the transsexuals I know are, very, I mean, you know, you know, um, uh, Corinna and, uh, and, uh, Fionn Rose. and Debbie, Debbie Hayden and who else? Ray, Debbie. Ray. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they're just, they're understandably worried that, you know, they're being lumped in, with with all these individuals who are very very dangerous, and my argument is, you know, why why aren't you calling them out? Why aren't, why aren't you calling any of these people out? You know, if you called them out, you would say you'd be able to justifiably say, yes, these people are not like us. These people are 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 piss takers or con men and stuff like that. But they don't. They circle the wagons, and that's very disturbing. That wait, makes wait, me think. hold on. What what do you mean? Who's circling the wagons? Um. The whole trans rights movement. So, if someone talks about Jake, uh, if someone talks about uh, Maya Forstadter, for instance, who is obviously right, you know, you can't, you shouldn't be fired for saying stating biological facts. She wasn't fired for misgendering, as many people said. That was that was a lie. Um, uh, she was uh, she was fired for saying that she didn't believe it was literally possible for a man to ch a woman to change sex or a man to change sex into a woman. Um, now, that's not just an opinion that's fact you know it's not an opinion it is the truth uh the only time it starts to get wobbly and unclear is when you start mixing up the words gender and sex you know uh gender yeah you can change that into whatever you want most feminists i know don't give a damn what you do with your gender it, it, they don't really believe in it you know but what they do know is that sex is real and it is the basis of their oppression you know mm -hmm. but the thing so you so you have now the strange position where thanks to stonewall not making a stand a stand against uh, uh, the trolling and the harassment and uh, the academics needing bodyguards and all this sort of stuff. Thanks to that, um, you've got this situation where they, where all these, where the worst people in this in this debate, the the most um, aggressive, the most misogynistic, um, uh, the most toxic people in this debate are steering the debate, and 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 it's like a huge ocean liner is being steered by by you know, seven or eight psychopaths, you know, and, and all the rest, all someone like Stonewall has to do is, is say, yeah, this person here is taking the piss. It's not as if we, it's not as if there's any doubt that Why predatory do you think that they're not allowed, allowing themselves to. Because they've spent, they've spent, I don't know how many years, I don't know how many years they've been captured, ideologically captured, but, yeah. but Stonewall have spent many, many years demonizing these women as evil. So it's extremely hard for them to turn around and say, "Oops, sorry, got that wrong." After ruining, after the, the lives of many women have been ruined, you know. Mm -hmm. So back to that uh, that desire to protect, and it seems like with um, the far far leftish, the 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 radical activists is that they're feeding on people's desire: one, not to be rude; two, to protect a vulnerable class, which gives rise to people 
uh, you know, do, doing a vulnerability racket or a victim racket, right? Yeah, uh, there's one guy over here who is, uh, I think he describes himself as non-binary, um, and he, he he sprays, he's got a bald head, he sprays his face with white makeup and then puts kind of colored glitter on it, right? And he's asking people for taxi money because people yeah. make fun of him. You know, and I just think, wow, that's again almost impressive. And and you know, even even with this kid, I do have a bit of sympathy because I think we're okay. we're 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 end of capitalism here, and people are, can't make money. You know, so so you know, it, I, it it's just the way it is. It's it's it, there's on a micro and macro level, there's a lot of money in 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 this stuff. You know. Um, and I do feel sympathy for the kids who are who are thinking, you know, who are basically panhandling, you know, on Patreon and stuff like that, you know. But at the same time, you can't just let it roll on. If it's hurting other people, you've got to you've got to you've got to try and stop it, you know. So I think a lot of these people are, are worried that their bottom line is going to be is going to be affected, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but so, you have a similar worry about your reputation reputation right because you uh you come under fire for things that you're saying or positions that you're taking or photos that you're sharing uh do you do you not like have like a, a monitor in your head policing your thought because you don't want to get canceled and you know oh well would you believe i do i mean i use it all the time <laughs> you know i i i, I and, and i say to people show me what i've done that's that's what have I done that's transphobic? What have I done? I, you know, I've got like, I've, I mean, the there's a musician, um, Emmy the Great, her name is, you know, friend, she was, I would have considered her a friend, didn't see her that often, but fairly friendly. She compared me to Tommy Robinson, you know? Okay. I mean, I mean. Who's the bad that, guy in the UK? Her well, he is. He's a pretty, he's a pretty uh, unsavory character, to say the least, uh, uh, ben, Benjamin. But uh, he, you know, he's racist, or he at least he's um, yeah, he's a bit of a thug. He's a thug, um, and uh, and she compared me to Tommy Robinson because Tommy Robinson, I believe, was one of the first people, or was one of the only people who really was banging the or ringing the alarm bell about Rotherham. Do you know anything about Rotherham? Is that about the uh, child abuse scandal that was covered yes. up? Yes, and he and because the rest of the police, because the police force were so terrified of being called institutionally raci racist again after the Stephen Lawrence inquiry, um, which was a young black guy who was killed by a group of white men, and uh, you know the whole thing okay. is just a complete mess. And, and the police were then called institutionally racist in an official report. And ever since then, the police have overcorrected. Um, and with Rotherham. That's. I just looked this up the other day because I didn't. I hadn't a clue about this. But Rotherham was going on for thirty years. For thirty years, these kids were being ferried from from their care home to be abused, drugged and abused, and then brought back. Thirty years, you know, yeah. and no one, no one, and and it was an open secret. It was an open secret, you know, um, and basically. Uh, I think Robinson was one of the ones who was shouting about it, you know? Now, it's it's just one of these stopped clock things. Robinson happens to be a racist, but he was right about Rotherham. My stance has been, has been pointing out the implications of gender ideology as it plays out with certain predatory or, or uh, misogynistic or dishonest people, you know? And there's like a swathe of examples. 
Like, I don't know if you remember the, 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 the GameStop guy who, do you remember the GameStop guy? It's ma'am, you know? Yeah. Again, if you, see that, if you see that montage, I think the instinct of most people is a fight or, f uh, uh, a fight or flight response. I think they see it and they think, turn that off. They, I think they just, I think they've been trained to, to not look at things like that because of this taboo that's grown up around sharing photographs. You know, okay. I mean, okay. if you ever wanted a, a more useful thing to con men, criminals, uh, or predatory people of any stripe, it's oh, you must not share photographs of them before they were in their current, yeah, their current yeah. thing. It's crazy, you know. It's just the same way that misgendering has become taboo. Again, absolute gift, an absolute gift for con men. You know, mm -hmm. so so you know, I think those people are the ones who are making the heat around this conversation so hot. I think they have they have access to the controls, to the temperature controls, and they're the ones jamming it on all the way up. You know, mm -hmm. and you you uh, we were talking about your self reflection on behavior that you had in previous issues and how you're now rethinking. What what are you rethinking? Is it like how you go about defending somebody? How you go about engaging with an issue? Well, I think I I think I I now realize that one's experience of life, if you're if you're one of those unfortunate enough to be very online like me, uh, your experience of life is going to be shaped by who you're following, who you're listening to. Uh, do you know what I mean? You're you're it's really weird, but you're going to be, there's a subtle, subtle thing maybe, but you're going to be rude to someone who's not following you. <laughs> They're not following you. What's wrong with them? So you might be just a little bit rude to them or, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of little subtleties to it. Um, I mean, I used to think that Twitter was, I, I wasn't a techno utopian, but I did think, and I still think that this is the most extraordinary thing that's happened to the human race, right? It's like, we've all, become part of a huge nervous system, you know? Um, and I thought that's going to change the world for the better, you know? Um, one, of, one of the things I heard is that the, the technology for Twitter, it also, another company had it, but the other company called it something like uh, Early Warning Disaster Awareness Program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That didn't catch on. No. Twitter did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what it is. It's like this. It's like it's like this extraordinary thing where where we can we we are all connected, you know. Um, but, but at the same time, psychoses can infest the neural yes. network. And what are our preventative measures against a psychosis? It would be well, that's argument that, or resistance. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I think that this is. I think that the. I think the gender ideology in its current form and not 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 trans people or or, or, or gender bind or binary non-binary people or whatever it happens to be um uh i think that gender ideology which is kind of a, a, a big melange between 14 year olds and on tumblr who are telling each other that they're spirit gender or whatever and and unreadable american academics i'm afraid you know <laughs> um i think those two things together have created a what I think is the first post-internet uh, mass delusion, you know, 
I think Quanon is the second, if that's how you pronounce Quanon. But, but the, gen the gender thing was the first. I think it's, I think it's like a number of forces have coalesced together. Um, a lot of very, very well-meaning people, but a lot of these bad people who are steering the conversation as well, a minority of those bad people who are steering the conversation. Uh, a lot of people who are just acting in a very tribal way, like I used to on, you know, when I was when I was involved in earlier uh, things like this, um, and um, and all together, it's like this impenetrable ring that has been so hard to to break through. I I in my naivety thought that once you show people what's going on, eventually they'll see. Eventually they'll see that you know things like. You know, always, which is a, a, a sanitary pad uh, uh, company over here, uh, losing the um, the female symbol from their packaging. You know, a, a period poverty charity calling women bleeders and and uterus havers and menstruators. You know, all these things. I just thought, oh, no. oh, and my favorite one, my favorite recent one, which is that. That guy who took a place that had gone to women for a hundred years on the Democratic, New York Democratic um, ticket. Did you see this? What what happened? Well, the rule used to be that one man and one woman um, uh, would be elected. It was a way of making sure that women were elected. You know, to yeah. this uh, it was New York Democrats, um, and they changed it to one man or one gender, one gender, something like that, male yeah. gender. Yeah, and then. And so this guy, this this obnoxious, you know, guy in his early twenties wearing a dress, and and he's got what looks like, what looks like a little erection as he's doing this talk. <laughs> you know, it couldn't be more perfect. He took a place from a woman that has gone to a woman for a hundred years. You know, and now because they've got a gender variant person in that other role, they don't think they need to do the thing anymore. They think they've done it. So the photograph that was circulating was this old white dude and this young white dude, yeah. <laughs> you know. And sure enough, as well, he he and in, in, in another uh, tweet, he he talks about true scum, which is um, yeah uh, yeah you know what that is maybe maybe transsexuals yeah. yeah yeah it's like transsexuals it's like it's like transsexuals who who are understandably worried about their position being undermined by all these chancers. Uh, they called him true scum, you know? It's crazy. Anyway, what do you sorry. think about the role of comedy in breaking down the illusion, like Gervais does oh. and Chappelle did? What do you think? Is that possible? Is that the road? One, I, wish one I, method? I wish I did that more. You know, I think that's, that is the way to do it. You know, I think you have to just use comedy to do it. But Why? But, Why do you think that that would be more effective? Does that allow people to start to step outside of the polite bubble that they're forced into? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I think so, and and also there's something about comedy that it can it can, and also it's just good to turn your 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 obsessions into art, you know. I mean, I mean, like like, but I I my I do often say to my wife, you know, you don't you don't you don't understand. I I I, I have material for the rest of my life, you know, because this has been the most extraordinary um, uh, 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 on the experience. job training. Yeah, well, it's just been. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. I was, I used to be a um, uh, very much in the media bubble. You know, I didn't really know anyone outside the media. You know, and since this fight, I've met social workers and nurses okay. and Girl Scout leaders and teachers and and shop shop uh, labor uh, union leaders and 
and and you know and and conservatives as well many conservatives who I never would have spoken to beforehand you know mm -hmm. and and it's 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 been it's been extremely healthy for a writer to have that experience you know um whether anyone will ever employ me to to actually write something down again is is a different question but the but the but in the meantime you know I'm storing up all this incredible all these incredible characters you know yeah when you were involved in G Gamergate, this was before you, you. You said that you were in a media bubble. Were you coming into the Gamergate thing from a media perspective? Then no, no, no. I was just very. I was very online. I, okay. I kind of. I, I was very interested in these types of things, and I was very curious about how. Okay. Um, and and you know, I did. I I did see it as a as a, and I think it did morph into various aspects of the right wing and. And, and you know, led to Trump and stuff like that. So I still, I still feel that I was on the right side, but I don't feel that I, I handled it brilliantly. I might, might have been able to handle it a bit better. Like there was this guy who used to be great. He was on Twitter, and and he would, he his the way he spoke. He would often speak about these guys who I don't know. They they make a plan with a friend to bomb a, a, a church or something, and then on a on a chat. And the next thing, they're in jail for 20 years. And he always used to phrase it like, you know, I hope it was worth it. You know, I hope it was worth it. You've got 20 years now in a, in a high security prison. I hope it was worth it. And I always thought there was something quite almost, there was something melancholy about the way he would talk about it. Because these are just lost kids, you know, who, who, like the rest of us, have not grown used to what life is like in a connected world. Mm. So they're stupid, you know, teenage uh, bullshitting sessions, you know, that happened to go, to go, to go wide. Who knows? Maybe they would have done something. Maybe they wouldn't. But the, but the, but the the truth is that they're they're another in a way they're another victim of 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 the fact that as a, as a species we just weren't weren't ready for the internet. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think this cancellation thing is part of it. I mean, like, how fascinating that was it the Oscars that didn't have a host. How fascinating that that had to happen. Did they do that this year or last year? Was it last, last year? year? I can't remember, but someone didn't have a host recently. And I thought, and, and it's like, for them to be that frightened to yeah. not have a host, is that's, that's, that's fairly significant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they kind of did it to themselves because they self-select. Um, and this is what kind of what happened with Evergreen, which is what I'm trying to explore. And then now it's kind of happening on the level of the state government in Washington here. It's that there's certain ideologies that start to police discourse broadly, but specifically criticism. And you eventually get people in charge that are going around policing what you can and can't say. But the institution as a whole becomes very fragile. Because it can't, it can't even handle self-critique. It can't handle any sort of critique because it's defined any sort of, you know, pressure or question as an assault. And what does that do to comedy? So back again to media and to comedy and how does comedy come through and, and smash down this fragility? Well, I mean, I, I, it might sound like hyperbole, but I, when I watch Chappelle, I feel, I feel free. In a way that I don't huh. feel whenever I watch anything else on television anymore. You know, like I, I used to work on a show called Brass Eye. Uh, Chris Morris is this kind of um, satirical agent provocateur who, who did real stunts and fooled politicians into believing in fake drugs and got them to do 
got them to do, uh, you know, little short films about it and made them do extremely stupid things. He's a, he's a, he's a genius, you know. Um, but but you, you, I just can't see it being commissioned now. I mean, that, I got to be careful because these saying things like that, it's always a new story. Graham Linham says Brass Eye would never be commissioned now, but hmm. it's not just. It's not just a show, it's a whole attitude to life, you know? There's, it's a whole attitude to life that Chris had, and I can't really see it being, um, I, can't, I, I think someone who, who has that same desire to kick over a few statues has a much harder job ahead of them. I think most people would prefer not to even get involved. So, so yeah, I think the internet seems to be where... Ironically, as far as I know, and and how I engaged or followed Gamergate was that there were people that were making very explicit claims that media is being taken over by these woke scolds. Media is being monitored. Our our entertainment is now being subject to this thought police, and we're we're gonna we're gonna stand against this. And then, of course, the media started to go against them by painting them as these trolls. And I'm sure that there's it, it, it's it's online, so anybody can assume any identity. So we're we're yeah. but but if to steel man Gamergate, they were forecasting exactly what you're saying like where media is now no longer free it's it, it, it it's all it's serving this subsidiary political purpose now instead of allowing us to engage yeah and i would i would argue that there's well how could i not say that there's merit in that argument <laughs> do you know what i mean i've i we, we me and the feminists who i've been supporting have been have been doing our very best to try and detoxify this conversation and to yes. try and make it for people to talk about it. and yet we're still talked about as if like there was a jewish woman rosa friedman i think her i think her second name is friedman rosa and rosa the other day on holocaust remembrance day they compared rosa to a holocaust denier you know because rosa believes that biological sex is real you know um it's just extraordinary it's extraordinary mm. and so that catastrophizing language yeah, uh, I didn't realize that it was such a problem, and it really is. I mean, I think that's the most. That's where most of this comes from: is the, the catastrophizing language. You know, yeah, victimhood but, and yeah. catastrophizing, and and you're killing literally, literally, words of literal violence, all that stuff. Literally. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm wondering. So, yeah, so maybe said... there were germs of truth in that. Maybe there were germs. Of truth. <laughs> but with Chappelle, you said that you feel free with him. How would you? If if you were just uh, people came to you and said, okay, we're going to reinvent Graham's internet presence so that you are you are a place where people feel free when they listen to you as a voice in this debate, how would we bring freedom to this debate? How do you detoxify this? And what is the role of how would you reshape yourself into being somebody that? Well, unfortunately, I think the way I'm doing it now is the only way. I I have much okay. of doing it. The thing I the thing I would say to people is uh, is uh, there's a there's a there's a line in Macbeth, uh, something like, I am so steeped in blood, that you know, up to my neck, that it is as far to the other side of the river that it is to go back. That's where I am at the moment. It's not as if I can step back and say, you know what, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. There's no, no problems at all. Uh, pronouns, or we have to respect everyone's pronouns, even if they're even if well, they're. I mean, taken... I'm not saying that you give up your position, but I'm just wondering if, no, if no, the no, debate is to change. How how do we how do we make it accessible? How do we give that feeling that oh look, I can go and talk 
to this person or I can listen to this person because I know that when I speak with them, even if I disagree with them, I feel like there's a connection there that I'm not that I can trust this person with my, you know, with this. Discussion. Well, you know, I, it's hard because because I do think that the trust is 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 just non-existent on the other side. They just mm-hmm. don't they don't they you know, you, you read all these odd things like, you know, you read people saying to each other. Be careful! You don't a turf doesn't draw you into a conversation like, like they're talking about the snake in Jungle Book. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really, uh, it's really disturbing the way it's done. Um, yeah. But on our side, our side is the one that keeps saying, "Can we, can we bring down the heat of the debate? Can we talk? Can we be polite? Can we, can we rethink certain things that we think are problematic?" Yeah. Like you know, we wrote a letter to Stonewall. That's now signed by I think around ten thousand people, saying, "Can you? Can we just try and uh, sort this debate? You know, can we? Tr- can we try and move forward in this debate rather than being at this horribly damaging stalemate for eternity?" And uh, within half an hour, I think it was, they said no. <laughs> they said no. We don't. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Why not? Because their their um, uh, catchphrase is "No debate." That's one of their. That's one of their. Um, uh, they actually have you, you actually, I don't know if it's on any official documentation but no debate is certainly it's a it's a it's it's got it's hashtag policy shall we say you know? I just uh, you know what I, I try I try to be flexible and stuff but when I hear like that that's when I want to destroy institutions when, when that <laughs> is their core principle it's like okay it's time to take you out and start over then again maybe that's why they call themselves Stonewall in the first place the only thing that will break it through is is when the mainstream media, starts to wake up to the fact that it's not just a problem that's ahead of us. It's a problem that's already playing out in yeah. various different yeah. places. I always say the four women, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, everyone always goes on about Karen White, who is the, who is the trans woman who got into a female prison, uh, identified as a woman, got into a female prison and promptly sexually assaulted four women in prison. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that a guy in a wig could get that far is is almost like something from Kubrick comedy, uh, an early Kubrick comedy. You know, it's the blackest, you know, most. And 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 also when people say, "Oh, you're always talking about Karen, Karen White," well, that's four women he affected. You know, so if you think about the about the other chancers, the other predators who are definitely out there and will definitely do whatever they can to to find an opening to to exploit a flaw in a system. They, they will do it, you know, and the idea that they'll just say they'll be respectful and say, no, 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 we would never we would never demean a trans identity to do this. It's bullshit because it's so it's so perfect for them. It's so um, uh, uh, it's got so many. Uh, what's that word when you've got lots of it's so porous yeah. uh, and it's so incoherent as an ideology that literally anyone can take advantage of it, you know, yeah. and until 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 it's made, you know, until th- terms are clarified, what do you mean when you say women, woman, trans women or women? What do you mean by that? What is a trans woman? What is a woman? You know, until these things are clarified, these these con men will will will, will continue to be able to take advantage. You know, mm-hmm. I'll give you an interesting an interesting thing I heard. Um, I, I I was reading. I can't remember where I read this, but apparently when cops are looking for someone. Uh, and they know he's in a, let's say, a, a, a mall, uh, but they don't know where his car is, and they want to stake out the car and wait for him. The first thing they do is they go to the disabled section, because criminals love parking in the disabled section. 
<laughs> because they love the feeling that oh that's for ordinary people that's for that's for suckers I'll park wherever the fuck I want I'll yeah. say I got a sore hand or whatever you know so there are people like that out there natural Many born exploiters yes natural born exploiters and prison is full of them and men and you know when you think in the UK the the female prison pop the the male prison population is eighty thousand right the female prison population is three thousand. You know, so you so so if there's one thousand five hundred uh, um, uh, prisoners, um, uh, male prisoners who are identifying as women, that's going to increase the female prison population by fifty percent. You yeah. know, and these are women who have been abused. These are women who who are there. You know, hmm. for 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 usually because of abusive men. I wonder so, if it's cheaper for them to jail women than men. So the administrators are like, well, it, it works out better for us. Gosh, you never know, you know. You never know. I mean, why else would it have got this far? It's insane that it's getting this far. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's everything that the far-right conservative would have argued about and then called a slippery slope argument, you know, 10 years ago. It's, yeah. it's like it, it all of a sudden it went nuclear critical all yes. the way to the – and liberals, liberals, rather than saying, stepping back and saying, well, we're being made to look quite stupid here. Maybe we mm. should get a grasp of reality and engage with all this stuff. I just letting it, are letting it go on. And as I often say to people, like, I, 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 I think that this fight that I'm in is the second most important fight at the moment. My, personally, I think the first most important fight is climate change. I think climate change is a real problem. And the only way we're going to solve it is if we all work together. Right. But. But I feel help, totally helpless when it comes to climate change. I don't think I can, I'll change a thing. But with this, I think there's a chance. There's a chance I might mm -hmm. be able to break through to people who otherwise wouldn't be listening, you know. And there's a chance that we might be able to show some of the inconsistencies and some of the dangers that are coming up. And 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 you know what the what the stakes are, you know. Uh, puberty blockers been given. Like my life is so weird. Last night. Um, uh, what was it? Was it uh, Tatum O'Neill um, wrote to me um, saying something? She said something like, "She said something like this. This tweet exists because uh, trans people are are vilified for taking puberty blockers." And I wrote back and I said, "They're not being vilified. We're worried about them. <laughs> you know, we're worried about them. There's been studies that say that they don't affect suicidal ideation or that they make them worse." You know, we know that it does dangerous things to bone density. And now that now that um, uh, lots of detransitioners are coming out, we're finding out what that effect has on, you know, women having to get hysterectomies, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like this. It's insane. And, and, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's something that um, I felt, uh, you know, I I just can't ignore it. When people tell me to stop talking about it, it's like, how can you stop talking about something when you know someone is going to get hurt? How do you, how do you stop talking about something when you know children are going to render themselves ill because of because of this? You know. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Anyway, I you don't said even know that, that um, you know climate change is number one, but it seems like the trans issue is a human size issue. And one of the reasons that I did end up swerving into this was because I felt like I could really, I could really engage with a lot of different aspects 
to it. Whereas the topic that I was, you know, foisted into, which is American race relations, it was just too big. It's it's monumentally huge. There's no way yes. for me to do any sort of meaningful uh, work on this at this point in my life because it, it, there's so much you know, trauma. There's just so much trauma. I could never solve that. But with the transition thing, I can talk to all these individuals with incredibly detailed experiences. And then mm-hmm. scientists, and uh, there's a lot more moving parts, but at the same time, it's something that I can, I can, I can, I, I feel like I could learn about as I go yes. through it. And it's relatively recent as well. It doesn't have the history of. Yeah, it doesn't uh, have the history. Uh, yeah. America's history kind of weighing down. It's very strange, by the way, over here, because we, 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 we often get into us, me, me, me and my turfy uh, friends, uh, we often get into arguments with Americans. And, and, they, and I remember it was a very funny one that showed how American centric all their arguments are. Because oh. I think it was Jane Claire Jones, who's an academic over here, who's a very smart woman. And uh, she says she was speaking to someone and they said, uh, and they were talking about colonialism, you know, but that colonialism enforced the binary. This is the idea yeah. floating about over in some pockets over there at the moment. Uh, it's a colonialist. In, in, yeah, in, or there, in, was, there was no sex before the Enlightenment. Exactly, something like that. <laughs> like one of those and Jane Claire Jones said, well, which colonialism, you know, which, uh, you, you know, and, and the response right. is always kind of, uh, you know, colonialism, colonialism, <laughs> because there's only one colonialism, which yeah. is yeah. American colonialism. And it's it's like, I don't know, it's so, it's so, uh, um, all these kind of rote answers that uh, really, really display I have to say the privilege of a lot of people engaging in this conversation. Yeah, I think th- uh, to to push that idea a little bit further about the human sized problem, I think that one of the things is in order to engage with this and in order to uh, open it up to for more people to engage is to make it a human sized narrative. And there's a lot of ways to make uh, like the narrative that you're engaging with a debate or an argument or a cause uh, so big or so universal that you can completely deny the humanity of people who are standing in your way or that you perceive standing in your way. So if you make it, if you make the story about, and this is kind of like my, my grift or my, my tact is like, we will interview actual people and we're going to do it in a very slow way. I mean, even you, and you're not the first person to say, could you cut these things up into little tiny bits, you know, just like make it relevant so people can actually watch it. But part of my, part of my tact is like, no, we're going to, at this point in time, talk to people so that the the viewer sees this. This is an actual person who went through all these different steps and considered the whole thing going through. Yeah. I was now looking back and considering it. That makes the problem human sized, even though it makes it uh, bigger than a, a soundbite. Yeah, although I know that anyone this may this may end up this conversation may end up being reduced to one phrase that I said and used to yeah. destroy me, <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, you know, I, but Wait, it's, are you it's, beyond being destroyed at this point? Are you? Not? Yeah. They probably can't do any more to me, you know? So, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a serious question. Do you think that, that you could take any more damage? Oh yeah. They can, always find, they can always find something to get you on. They, the, the thing I've warned people about is that, um, the, the harassment, I always say to people, the harassment you receive is scalable. You know, it will be if you're, uh-huh. you know, 
Hmm. If you're a, if you're if you're if you if you work for a a college, they'll get in touch with your college. They'll find out who who the right person is to speak to about getting you fired. And if you're J.K. Rowling, you know they'll try and get glad to have a private meeting with you. You know <laughs> that was so insane. They scale, it, they scale it up and down according to who you are. So no one's no one's completely safe from it. You know, okay. but but I'm at the stage now where I just feel well. They've kind of done all the they, they've done everything to me once. So really, all that will happen is the same thing. With rewording, will come around again, and hopefully, I'll be better able to deal with it. You know, when it happens again. Mm. Mm. You know, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, well, I, uh, I believe last year when we originally spoke, you're like, "Oh, hold on, there's a bunch of stuff going on. I'll speak to you in two weeks." You know, but there's a bunch of what going on. Well, you were you were under oh, assault yes. on the media, so you you delayed our talk for a couple of weeks, but. I mean, how many oh, times yeah, has yeah. that happened over the last year? Like, how oh, many lots, times were you yeah. cancelled in 2019? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, it just kind of happens. It, it doesn't really... Uh, I've been blocked by so many people now. I've lost something like 300,000 followers, you know, um, uh, and I'm blocked by half the internet. The thing I find most amusing about that is some of the people I used to follow were, um, you know, real kind of left-wing gunslingers online, you know? They were all kind of, you know, they are all kind of... Uh, 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 delete your account, bitch. You know that type of thing, and 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 they often had a kind of nihilistic humor that I quite liked. But now I realize, oh, they're just because because some of them have blocked me. It's like, oh, okay, so so you're not quite the gunslinger I thought you were. You're actually scared of what I might say to you. You know, huh. so so it's it's really made me look at a lot of like I was influenced by those people. You know, and and and. And it's really made me less tribal because I, I no longer, I will always try and check and double check everything, no matter who the source is, hmm. you know, I'll never believe, um, I'll never believe ill of like, you know, Brett Weinstein's very good example. You used to see him in all those, um, intellectual dark web things, you know, it's only through your videos and through reading more about him. I realized he's a liberal Jewish guy, you know? Uh, you know, who has as, as much to do with someone like Milo Yiannopoulos as, as, as <laughs> you know, as, as, as Scooby-Doo, you know? So it's kind of, um, it's kind of, uh, huh. it's interesting. And, and Joe Rogan was another one. I remember there was a bit of a stink around Joe Rogan, uh, as, as has been, as has kind of uh, flowered up again recently with the... Uh, Bernie uh, Sanders with this, thing, yeah. Yeah, with the Bernie Sanders thing, you know? And uh, you look at Joe Rogan, his podcast, he's just a kind of, you know, curious, uh, intelligent guy who likes to talk about things, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, okay, so that was bullshit too. He's nothing to do with the alt-right. So I do I do kind of now try and do my own uh, hmm. vetting and research, you know, if vetting is the right word. Well, it takes a lot more energy, I guess, than just having yeah, a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, it, 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 that, that is a real problem because that means you... You do have to um, think invest. before you speak. <laughs> you have to think before you speak, and all sorts of different things. And and but you know, I mean, maybe that's good. <laughs> it's good that you, that one has to do that, you know. But um, at the same time, there's a lot of energy it expends, and I'm trying to draw back from it so I can put more of that into the work, you know. Mm, the work. Yeah, yeah. The you know sitcoms and, and yeah. uh, all the other all the other things I'm supposed to be doing. So you so you you haven't given up on on that calling, then? 
No, although although there's there's different things going on there. I mean, basically, it's harder to make a living now with sitcoms, and 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 writing comedy is a bit of a young man's game, especially studio sitcoms that I do when they're in front of an audience, because it's so exhausting. You work, you rehearse them all week, and then you get okay. them in front of an audience on Fridays, and you've got one three-hour shot to get everything right, oh. and that is really nerve-wracking. Yeah. So I I think what I might do is I might try and I might try and uh, help younger writers um, uh, get cancelled. <laughs> no, uh, I might try and help younger writers um, uh, uh, figure it out, figure out how they can construct a story and, yeah. and do it and see if, I, see if I start overseeing other people a little bit more and maybe working with larger groups of people I really like. I've always loved the idea of, this, of the uh, writer's room. You know, I've, I just think, oh, my God, to be able to go into a room with a lot of funny people and, 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 and work with them, it just sounds like heaven. Although the more I find out about it, I realize it's actually really horrible. Um, it's like a nude beach. But, it's a great idea until you get there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, but but still, I think there, there might be something to that. And I still kind of think longingly of a, of a room full of fully people all able yeah. to say what they say what they want you know yeah well you can always join us on youtube and just start your own channel yeah well yeah i mean it might get to that it might get to that i mean that's not to say anything wrong with it i'm very uh i'm very uh, uh impressed by all the stuff i'm seeing but it i'm 51 you know and i mean i just had to bring up this desk lamp uh, yeah. to do this interview. <laughs> i don't know if it's for me <laughs> but anyway um that feels like a good place to leave it, doesn't it? That's a good place. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Graham. Okay. I hope so. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope it cuts together. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for, for joining me again. No worries. Thank you for speaking to me. Yeah, I hope you, you find those tickets. Yes, yes. My chemical romance. Not for me, I have to go. <laughs> All right. All see right, you Catherine. soon. Have a good night. Cheers. Congratulations for reaching the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this product, consider donating to this channel via paypal.me slash Benjamin Boyce or joining me on Patreon. Also follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Have a good night.